Live, everybody. Yeah, see, now we've started. Hi. Hi, Uncle Kurt. How are you? Kurt Sipper from the uh, lovely KurtSipper.com. Got a mouthful of Garden Burger and ready to roll. <laughs> okay. No, you're not. Uh, and Shane Corsetti, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing well. It's, it's good Friday. To see you. It's it good is to see Friday. You it is very good to be Friday. Uh, and I am Pete Wright, and we're sitting here at the, uh, the round table at McMinimins. Uh, and I have said that for now 47 episodes of this not show. Like it, it's not uh, no, but the round table. Oh. There's nothing round about this no. table. Yeah, no, I, it's uh, when we were at uh, six at uh, what's that other place? The Ram Brewery. The Ram. We had a couple Small round tables, round tables yeah. bar tables, you know, on stools. Yeah. But this is a what do you call this? Well, it's a it's a polygon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't really know. Uh, but I didn't we, do so well in geometry. No, so. <laughs> clearly. Trapezoid. Uh, trapezoidal. Trapezoidal. Yes. Uh, what well, we do have uh, news that Mary has not had her baby yet. She has not. We saw her last night waddling about. Uh, rolling. Rolling about, and that the is baby uh, is still taking over her body. It is. A, it is she the strangest. Rejected the baby. Symbiotic yet. relationship <laughs> I've ever seen. So she's still wandering around, but she is still has not been okayed to uh, return to broadcast. Something about uh, radio waves and frequencies. <laughs> Being close to Jamie, who's also not here. He's doing business. It's business time. Business. For Jamie, he can't be here. Uh, have you seen Flight of the Concords? I did. Oh, I have. I'm, I had an HBO, like, illegally. I don't. It was not obtained legally, but it wasn't something where I... Illegally obtained it, if that makes sense. No. Okay, well, anyway. I want I you, I'd like to like, talk specifically like about how you acquired it. Well, I updated it. I got HD legal. on my, I got an HD converter on my box. All of a sudden, for two weeks, I had every channel. Oh, that's good. Like, that's a good deal. Yeah. And then when things weren't working, I called them up, and all of a sudden, all those free channels went away. But, yeah. So I did watch Fly of the Concord a couple of times. And that is an incredible... It makes me want to get HBO just so I can watch that show. Well, I'll tell you, I, uh, I think you sent it to me, mm-hmm. Kurt. It was the, uh, the It's Business Time video of them doing the song, It's Business Time, which is all about uh, a married couple who's in the <laughs> doldrums of their relationship. It's a song about them getting it on. Yes. It's Business Time. And there, it's. I mean, it's it's really hard to explain. But go to YouTube and do a search for business time. And look for the flight. I of the saw the one uh, with their manager, who's you know in the dumps, down in the dumps, because he couldn't land him a gig or a record deal. So they went to uh, their their dry cleaner, who was a part-time actor, <laughs> and uh, he pretended to be a record company executive and signed them to this million-dollar deal. He was supposed to let their manager down gently to say. Hey, I'm from Sony. I think your the re- album's great, but it's not for us. You know, somebody else will pick it up. But instead, he took his character and said, "Yes, we'll sign you to a multi-million-dollar record deal." <laughs> so the manager goes out celebrating, and the guys are sitting there knowing that there's no there's multi-million, no multi-million-dollar record deal. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, they. I just found them this week. I've never uh, had the pleasure of hearing them before, and they are priceless. It yeah. really does. It makes you, it makes you want to get HBO. Yeah. Uh, gotta check it out. There are a ton of Flight of the Concord yeah. clips on YouTube. And their songs are awesome. They are too. awesome. They are yeah. awesome. The piece in in this business time one, it's it's kind of a kind of a uh, you know what's his name uh, Shaft. What what's his name? He sings. Oh, Shaft. Isaac Hayes. Isaac Hayes. Kind of an Isaac Hayes love yeah. rap. You know. And the next thing you know, yeah. we're brushing our teeth, and it's it, and that's part of foreplay. It's very very important part of foreplay. Pete, is that how it goes? <laughs> being the married man. Well, let me. I will tell you this. Two children. I will, business time. I will tell you exactly this. Uh, my wife watched it with me, and you know we've been married almost uh, gone on a decade. Uh, I think, and I haven't I think. seen her double over in laughter <laughs> uh, in maybe six years, like that. The like kind she, of laughter that comes from familiarity. For, <laughs> yeah, that's un- <laughs> that's the unfortunate part of it. <laughs> and the next thing you know, we're doing the recycling, which is not part of foreplay, but it is also very, very important. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is... So right on. I said it to all the married couples that I know, and every one of them wrote back saying, hey, yeah, I wear my socks to bed, too. <laughs> so uh, speaking of wearing socks to bed, the first story on the docket this week, uh, poor uh, Ante Jinjik, 
Uh, 29 from Zagreb. Yeah. What happened to poor uh, poor Ante? He was out on a, on a on a ride. I don't know if it was he riding a motorcycle or a bike. Yeah, he's on a. <laughs> it says. I hope it was a motorcycle because otherwise his story is really Let's insulting. Let's go bike. Let's just. <laughs> he's out on his little. He's he's pedaling his Schwinn through Zagreb, and uh, he stops to to um, micturate or to to what. To avoid himself. To avoid himself. Yes. So he stops on the a, side of the road. We'll say he does is, that in a in a rainstorm. It's raining, and he's wearing his helmet and his boots, and he got struck by lightning while micturating and uh, while relieving himself, <laughs> and uh, the lightning earthed itself <laughs> through his penis. Oh man. Now, can you that, imagine, you're sitting there, you're writing your name, you know, <laughs> on the, the side of the road, and all of a sudden, you're like, it's like Ghostbusters. Now I'm wondering what his name looked like. Yeah, don't cross the street. Don't streams. cross the street. <laughs> what did his name look like? <laughs> like How do that? you write <laughs> Jinjik in urine? That's a difficult name, anyway. That is a difficult name. There are a lot of dots. J I J I. Can you imagine holding your junk, you know? <laughs> And like going all Ghostbusters on the. Oh my you know, goodness! You and the, then you cross the streams. Yeah, cross, cross the streams. Yeah. Oh, see now, I'm so glad you brought that story to the table this week. It makes me feel a lot better about myself. Now, everybody who's concerned about Ante Jinjik, that's Ante, um, should know that he's okay. Yeah. Everything is intact. Yeah. Yep. Doctors say things will be in working order in a little bit. So. And that he was, uh, yeah, that was the, that was the piece that got me, that, quote, my penis will function normally eventually, <laughs> end quote. It's really important that you have the quotes in there, yeah. otherwise, <laughs> otherwise it's a little Well, and I would like to add, too, that I did not come up with on my own that the lightning earthed itself out of his penis. Well, that is the thing that I learned. That's this. the quote as well. That is a quote from Ananova.com. Ananova. Ananova. I haven't heard that forever. Is that? Do they still have the little um, avatar computer face reading the news aloud? I don't see it. Oh, that was the whole big thing when Ananova came That's out. Right. That's right. That's right. I remember that. Robotic head that was going to be reading. There's the no news. robotic head. Only a robotic penis. And it was like entering into the future. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> that is the, the. So the piece that I learned out of this was that quote: "I was wearing rubber boots, and the lightning earthed itself through my penis." I, I mean, the number of times I've said that, thinking yeah. that nobody would understand, and now instead of saying I'm going to go to, to the find bathroom. out, it's a, it's a validation. Instead of saying I'm going to go to the bathroom, I say, well, I need I to, to go, go earth, earth myself. myself. <laughs> I had there's a, a speaking of funny stories, there was one I read the other day um, that happened in Southeast Portland where a man had a rattlesnake <clears throat> at a party. And I guess he found it, or some sort of poisonous. Sounds like a great party. Yeah. And his ex-girlfriend was there, and he was getting all, you know, he'd had a few cocktails too many. And uh, decided that, you know, his, his, girl, his ex-girlfriend said the snake was gross to get it away. And he's like, no, no, it's a really friendly snake. Watch. I'll put the snake in my mouth. What? Yes. <laughs> so he puts the snake in his mouth. It happens to bite him, spews like its on venom. The, on the tongue. On the tongue, yeah. So everything, all of a sudden, starts swelling up. It's this whole emergency room thing, and the doctors have to aspirate him and put this tube down his throat. Like, they had to call in a specialist to do it because... Don't they the, I, you know, it's like they just take the tongue. What's that? They just take the tongue, yeah, well, cut they, it right you know, off. they took the lance anti, it. They took the antivenom, and everything was taken care of. But the guy, so they interview the guy afterwards. He's like, you know, he's 23 years old, something like that. He's like, I was just an idiot, you know. Yeah. I stuck a snake in my mouth and bit me. <laughs> yeah, you almost died because of it, too. But. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah you so, were an idiot. Yeah. What's the worst injury you've ever sustained? Um, you know, I broke my collarbone and separated my shoulders. And those those hurt pretty bad. Yeah. I'd say. That's it? That's a big one? You've never been, you know, shot or gored by a bull? No, no, nothing along those okay. lines. You? All right. Uh, no, but I got something. Kurt? Yeah, yours is going to be better than mine. Go ahead, bring it. Bring I, the I, uh, I was moving out of a house. I was living with a girl, and uh, 
she I, knifed you? I was I was moving out, <laughs> and I had my last couple of um, possessions in a box, putting it in my pickup truck, and uh, I slipped, and I either sprained or broke my ankle. Um, I did not get it diagnosed. Um, Are you serious? Um, no, I never really knew what it was. I mean, it just swelled up like you would Were you using it? Sympathy. That's a... That's what your worst injury back. ever. You sprained your ankle. Yeah, yeah. I live well. Like, I I would say well or daintily. <laughs> All right, I got one. I uh, I was with a, I was at my aunt's house in Dallas uh, or Houston. Actually, it was Houston, and we were. Uh, uh, I was with a, a their neighbor girl was over and the neighbor girl was sitting on the my aunt's bed and I was sitting on the floor and there's the dog this runt dog that my aunt had the neighbor girl was poking the dog and I said don't poke that dog it is going to bite you that dog it's going to it's going to get mad and it's going to bite you Bite you really and the girl uh, poked the dog again and then the dog turned around and and missed her and bit me and grabbed my ear and gave it a good shake and ripped it off, attached by nothing but the lobe. I know. Now, I was like eight. And it was Christmas time. It was a week a ta- before you must Christmas. Have attached lobes. I, got dangle- <laughs> I got dangles. You got dangling lobes. Yeah. This would have been a bad thing for you. Yeah. And uh, so the scariest part was that my aunt was in the shower. And then she came out of the shower when she heard the screaming. That's not a good thing for an eight year old to see. No. Mm. The, the naked, showered aunt. That was that was I can honestly say more traumatic than the blood gushing out of my head. All right, but then they put me in the car and we go to uh, and and so there was just like a family reunion holiday thing, right? So we had strange relatives I didn't know, and I had my head on one's lap, and we were in Houston traffic, and and he had his hand on my head to keep to stop the bleeding. And by the time we got there, it had like dried so his hand stuck to my oh. head had to pull it off it was like ripping the ear off again but it had some great houston doctors and they sewed it right back on and uh, and uh, i can still wiggle it like they it still has still has feeling i remember the very first time that you told me that story because the story is actually identical to like an old an old joke where you, know, you talk about like except a for there's no punchline. Well, yeah, but the punchline scared the hell out of me. This is the one with the rabid dog that rips off the ear, and then you say, like, if you can feel, like, just put your hand and just feel it, like, oh, right, yeah, right behind the bark, my ear, yeah. and then you'll, you'll feel the scar, and you go, yeah, yeah. I didn't do that. Yeah, I didn't do that because I, I like, didn't the know that there was I a joke. Peter yeah. told me the story, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure, okay. I've heard and that then you before. felt my ear, and what did what did you feel? I felt something there. Yeah, and it that just, freaked me it's out. Scar tissue. And no like, dog. Freaked freak me out more than. And, and then I was so much expecting you to start barking that when you didn't, that freaked me out too. <laughs> Man, I like I'm learning so much about our relationship. <laughs> we had a traumatic past. Peter. Truly, tell me, about <laughs> guys. The show's not long enough to go. No, I we seriously can't go into therapy because we have a much more traumatic injury that we need to talk about right now, and that is Mr. Andrew Meyer. Uh, Who? <laughs> Andrew Meyer, the taser guy. Oh. All right, so t- what is the, what's this, Kurt, this is the one you didn't know how to talk about, so I think you should be the one to talk don't about Don't tase me, bro. Don't tase <laughs> me, bro. what I do? Bro, don't tase me. Ow! It hurts. Ow! It hurts. It hurts. Okay, you're making fun of the guy. He got tasered. <laughs> All right, now, Jamie's, always, Jamie's always said he wants to get tasered on the air. We've got our, our friend, uh, the police officer, that we have been inviting back. He just got married. and I'll do it. You'll I'll taser, taser Jamie. Jamie. <laughs> we don't need a police we officer. We need a police taser, though. Oh, That's okay. the important part. We need the verisimilitude. You know, We need to make sure... That it's a real taser because yeah. I want I want you to feel the pain. In order for it to be really effective, I mean, it can't just be like a. It's got to be a. Yeah, you got to hear the clicking of the recharge every time. It's got to be a, so you got to convince Jamie that it's got to be for at least four seconds. Yeah, because I want to know. I we, we're going to need to do some motor tests before and after, or like vocabulary tests. Yeah. Uh, because we're going to need to know what words we've killed. Yeah, you know, you should actually test it on different parts of the body. So it affects it more. <laughs> You know, like you know, go ahead and do it in the tongue. Yeah, that's like right. With the rattlesnake. <laughs> because you know, is it really conducted? Well, okay. So poor Andrew. Uh, we we got to talk about Andrew here because this was a, this was a really hard thing to watch. I found the video yeah. on YouTube. 
it is it is extremely disturbing to watch mm -hmm. what happened to the guy. Well, you don't know anything about it. Ahead right. Of time. So what happened to the guy? Well, yeah, it's funny. I mean, I felt the same thing that you did. Like while I was watching it, and you just kind of see the situation degrade and just get worse and worse. And I just felt like this weird sick feeling. You know, like that's not supposed to be how things happen. That's not. And uh, um, so, so basically, yeah, he's. Uh, I guess you know the, the main story that. Is, as it is, is as it appears first is that you know the video starts and he is excitedly you know he is excitedly asking John Kerry a bunch of questions mm -hmm. um, you know it's the kind of thing where they've got the line of people that are lined up for the mic to ask questions and and he's got there are a couple of people cat calling at him and stuff because you know he asked the first question he doesn't wait for an answer and he says well I got two more and you know the questions are things he ends up with the question of you know like is it true that both you and George Bush were members of the same secret society in Yale, you know, so it's a little kind of conspiracy theory kind of stuff going on. And he's finished asking the question. Um, you can tell that he's finished. He's actually kind of stopped talking a little bit. The cops behind him grab him, and, uh, and then he's like, hey, get your hands off of me. What did I do? He's fighting against them probably a little bit too much, but... Mm -hmm. You know, they it's it's certainly seemed like they were completely overreacting, and they tackled him to the ground, and then they taser him, which it was just it was very just, that was the part. Well, the whole thing was very disturbing. Well, yeah, but I mean, there were like six cops, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they were on this guy, and <clears throat> they were pulling him, trying to get him away from the microphone and away from the crowd, and he started shrieking, you know, why are you arresting me? Somebody help me! Somebody help me! They're arresting me for no reason. Uh, and the the part the the transition from you know he's a uh, a civil disobedient to you know misuse of police conduct mm -hmm. was when they had him on the ground and they turned him over and they were restraining him and there was one officer standing over his head saying you better calm down you better shut up and and he uh, and he starts yelling wait a minute wait a minute don't taser me bro don't taser me bro and and it was almost like there was a transition there between him mm -hmm. trying to make a civil point by being a, a kind of a rabble rouser to oh my god these cops are going crazy mm -hmm. uh, now that that's kind of how it first appeared right have you seen the video Shane? I should have showed you the video before we'll put a link to it in the show you there are a couple of them from different angles that are good to watch because what you get out of that is the fact that, in, that at first, Mr. Meyer broke into the front of the line, right? He raced in and cut in line to start asking his questions. Uh, and then you start reading that the guy is apparently a magnet for this kind of trouble, that he, uh, that he actually goes out and, and, uh, and tries to, make, uh, to create this kind of attention. Still, is it any excuse to taser the dude in a crowd of people. You know, it's funny is that I've also seen one other video. There's the, um, there was the whole case of the student at USC. Um, I don't remember his name. Um, you know, vaguely Arabic name. And uh, he was in a library in USC. And the video kind of captured, um, like, after the problems that already started happening. And, and he was, they just had cops around him trying to take him out. And he said that, you know, he was going to leave. But he was also kind of crying out about, like, police abuse of power and stuff. And these guys tasered him over and over and over again. And this is another one of those videos that's kind of thrilling to watch because, you know, there's a point in the video where everybody has stood up, everybody's alarmed, but they are still separate from the police. They're watching the police do their job, and it's just kind of that moment where, like, you're watching society watch something happen that they know is bad, but nobody's taking steps forward yeah. to um, do anything. And it's, it's clear that they're already feeling it's very, very wrong. And then they taser him again. And it's like something goes through the entire crowd. They all rushed forward, and in, in reaction to you know the, the police tasering him yet again. Now, what did they uh, rush to? I mean, like, yeah, I mean, what's they the rushing response? to get out of there? Or they they were rushing forward to. They didn't quite turn into a riot, but they were all kind of almost involuntarily, it seemed like, rushing forward to try to intervene um, and stop the cops from doing that to the guy. And uh, it didn't quite go that way, but. Anyway, the, the point that I was more trying to make, that, that just reminded me that that was a really interesting thing to watch. You can find yeah. it online. But the point that I was trying to make is that it used to be that 
um, if someone was just resisting, the cops used to pick you up and carry yeah. you out, yeah. you know, before tasers came along. And now it seems like that they don't want to bother with picking you up and carrying you out. They want to taser you instead. You know, I read an article months ago, so my facts are way off on it, but about the overuse of SWAT teams for domestic issues, kind of along these same lines where instead of sending, you know, the police to, to knock on the door and, you know, figure out what's going on, they're sending SWAT teams, you know, to go in with force for whatever these issues are. Some are big, some are small, some don't need SWAT teams, you know, and then the fallout is that the SWAT teams sometimes are in such a rush or, or, or on a rush that they go to the wrong house or they, they physically abuse somebody for a really small crime that they've committed, you know? Yeah, it, it's, it's an interesting thing. I mean, we, I feel like we had a similar discussion with, um, with another officer on another show. Uh, this, this idea of non-lethal, the use of non-lethal force. And I feel like part of, of what we're seeing here in this pendulum swing is <clears throat> that there's justification in using a taser to uh, subdue a civil disobedient because it's okay, it's non-lethal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's their point. That, yeah. Like, that's the point, that it's okay, it's non-lethal. Because but you'll it's recover sti- because from you'll, it. Yeah, you'll get over it, you know. It's, yeah, it's, it hurts like hell, yeah, but you'll get it over it. It'll shut you up. Yeah. I mean, that's what it does. It shuts you up, it makes you weak need, and you can be handled, you know, taken out. With the Andrew Meyer thing, I don't care what you say about the guy. I mean, he may be a complete idiot. He may have a point, whatever. Uh, the fact was there were six cops that were standing there restraining this guy. And then... And yet they chose to taser him right. still. Right. I don't even know if he would have been able to get up. You know, yeah. How would you get up? I right. mean, when you're, I mean, they're piled on it. So uh, it, it, the chief of police, University of Florida uh, Police Chief Linda Stump, uh, she, uh, uh, let's see, uh, and she had a, a sizable statement. Two of the officers involved in the incident were placed on paid administrative leave pending outcome of an investigation. Uh, they plan to assemble a panel of faculty and students to review police protocols. Uh, and let's see, administration and police officials plan to analyze the incident and conduct an internal review. Uh, then we'll consider changing protocols in response to the incident. Finally, a standard procedure, the state attorney's office will review the charges brought against Mr. Meyer. Uh, we have communicated with the state attorney and understand he plans to expedite this review. Well, you know, whatever. That's from the, uh, uh, it looks like, uh, well, that was a, a university official, J. Bernard Machen. I don't know if that's the, the president of the university or what. But uh, anyhow, so they've, they've put two of the cops on administrative leave. Whatever, changing police protocols, maybe. Uh, but the question remains: is, is it fair to use that kind of, of force, even if it's non-lethal? Have you ever been tasered? You've never been tasered. I've not been tasered. No. <clears throat> You've sprained your ankle. <laughs> I don't imagine it feels very. It, good. It's sort of the same question about uh, uh, about uh, like tear gas. Mm-hmm. You know, this was a big question, sort of in the seventies, eighties to uh, subdue crowds as well. Are you they just light one? incense or something? It's yeah. like it's light oh, incense. Let's light incense instead. Excellent, excellent. All right, what's our next story? I'm done with this one. Um, yeah, I couldn't think of anything more intelligent to say about that <laughs> We have uh, got on here, I wrote Ground Zero as a story. Wonder what we were talking about there. I do know what we were talking about there. Do tell. Um, the Iranian president Ahmed Ahmadinejad. I'm not going to be able to pronounce it. <laughs> is uh, being invited to the UN, from what I understand, and uh, going to get a tour of Ground Zero. Oh wait, it's a different story. The New York oh. Times says. President of Iran will avoid Ground Zero. Oh, this is an interesting thing. Police well, Commissioner of New York. Police Commissioner Ray Kelly uh, said yesterday he would not actually allow Mahmoud Ahmadinejad, President of Iran, anywhere near Ground Zero during his trip to New York next week. But the chance of a diplomatic showdown appeared to lessen when Mr. 
Ahmadinejad said he would abide by the decision. Huh. You know what, dude? I don't really want to go. That would depress me. <laughs> yeah, why would they want to keep him from going? Is it because of the tension that we're having? To me, it seems like it would be a, I don't know, like, look, well, never mind. I, yeah, I, I, had I some don't get the political gr- energy I had, I had behind some, it. I had some friends go to Ground Zero when they were in New York a couple months ago, and they said, you know what, like, it's powerful, but the way it is now, I mean, it's a construction site. Yeah. That's what they said. Yeah. I mean, there's a little, you know, board that's got everyone's names on it, but... It's like seeing, I, I don't know, this is going to seem really crass, but it's like seeing the Mona Lisa. You know, it's like it's built up as this priceless piece of art, and it turns out to be the size of a stamp in a glass box. Uh-huh. You know, it's just not there yet mm-hmm. uh, in order to be immediately impactful. Uh, besides, I mean, it's the same thing we discussed about Patriot Day. But, you know, it's the whole moving on piece. I don't necessarily get the connection, the political connection between needing uh, Ahmadinejad to go to Ground Zero. Why is that an important thing? I don't understand that at all. Why is it a story? Like, why? who is it that he was even asking him to? Or was he asking? Or who is, I just don't get that. <clears throat> Let's see. I don't, uh, I don't know. He was interviewed. Uh, Ahmadinejad was interviewed uh, in Tehran for 60 Minutes. Uh, came with widespread protests, which erupted Wednesday when Kelly said Ground Zero visit by the Iranian president would be considered. At some point, it sounds like he was considering it, and then they decided, no, he's not allowed to go. They have made more of a story about this than yeah, because I'm sitting there thinking would we be. really have nothing to talk about. I mean, yeah. people in Iran don't even like the guy. No, you know, he's just a nut. Yeah, maybe he and Dubs should get together. I don't know if Tup can make room. Well, I'm just saying, based on that comment that Kurt just made. Because they're lunatics? Yes. He's too busy with, with, you know, he's too busy <laughs> farting around with Tony Blair. You know, the 28% of people retirement. that like Ahmadibajad are probably the same 28 people that like 20%. <laughs> maybe people, people yeah. <laughs> who like Bush. I don't know. I, this seems like a, it, it seems like the New York Times is, is making a story out of something that is, uh, wasn't one. Uh, so it is what it is. What's next? We gotta have something better than that. Yeah, we got. Uh, ooh, let's uh, talk about MoveOn.org. Oh, this was a this was interesting. Kurt, why is this interesting? Yeah. So I guess the story is that MoveOn.org, they uh, MoveOn.org, they put an ad, full page ad, in the New York Times. Um, talking about General Petraeus, and this was uh, um, about General Petraeus. Um, Testimony, Testif- you know, testifying for Congress and everything, and this was this was all built up. I mean, this was the whole thing. Like everybody was talking about. Well, let's just hold off until September, and then we'll get a report from Petraeus, you know, and and uh, you know, in September, and that'll tell us kind of how the war is progressing. And if it's progressing, then we'll go. You know, the implication was that if the war was progressing well, then there would be more to do, and if not, then there would be steps that would be taken. Um, and so, you know, he came in and with his report that was pretty much, I guess, written by Bush. <laughs> uh, did you hear, I mean, did you listen to any of the testimony? No. I mean, they were like, like rammed, they're ramming 36 hours of testimony. Right, yeah. Time. No, I mean, I just kind of, it felt like it was sort of not really a newsworthy thing to me because all that stuff is canned anyway, yeah. you know, kind of pre-written. And so Move On's ad in the paper was something along the lines of, you know, Petraeus says all these things, but here are the facts on the ground as, as, uh, <laughs> as move on um, saw the yeah. facts. And um, so the, the big thing, though, is that there was a big photo of General Petraeus, and the headline said General Petraeus or General Petraeus. It's almost too easy. Which sounds like <laughs> Star Wars to me, Kurt. Oh, boy. Like Mon Mothma. <laughs> yeah. no, I, uh, I, I, I really don't know what to make of this. The, the, I, I don't think it's lost on any, anybody that, that Petraeus is a puppet of the, of the administration. I don't know why uh, that this is a big deal. I, it, it wasn't a big deal. It's but, not a surprise. Right, but, the re- but all of the pundits, all of the Washington, D.C. people, all of the colonists made this huge deal out of the ad. And granted, Move On made themselves kind of an easy target. I mean, Petraeus or Betrayus, like you said, too easy. It's a little juvenile. Yeah. Um, 
but they they made this huge deal out of it, and they kind of took advantage of it. You know, the whole to the point all these pundits were saying, you know, like, oh, well, this is going to finally create the backlash against the the netroots, against the left, and you know. Um, Bush is going to have new traction now because of this. You know, we're going to be seeing an uptick in the polls for George Bush because of this. And they just spent so much energy being in a tizzy about this ad that there was hardly any ink given about people being in a tizzy about the war. <laughs> yeah, and, and in, in the end, what happened? Uh, with the Was it a, a congressional... Uh, yeah, so yesterday there were three, two or three really big votes in the Senate. Um, this was, I'm talking about Thursday, the 20th, I guess. I don't remember the date. Um, and uh, one of the, there, you know, there was a big thing about attaching funding or a timeline to the troop withdrawals, and uh, that vote failed. Um, and there was another big vote that failed, too. I can't remember what it was. Um, and then there was a vote for, uh, to condemn, um, by implication at least, using moderate language, um, the, the Move On ad, it was uh, just basically about having there be a Senate resolution um, about treating generals respectfully, something like that. <laughs> and it passed by a very wide margin. I am reminded like 70 votes, yes, uh, of a very great quote by the um, philosopher Eric Cartman. <laughs> he said, "You must respect my authority." Uh, yeah, there's a. I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I think you know, first of all, hey man, I'm a civvy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, call it like I see it. Right? He's a puppet. He's a puppet. Yeah. He's an employee of puppetry. Right. Uh, so this was what? a political appointment. They're, they're, putting, they're giving a military guy a political job. Yes, that's exactly what it is. And, uh, and and so I, I have no problem with the ad. I have no problem with move on calling it like they see it. If it, if in their view a spade is in fact a spade, go for it. And isn't that their job to do that? I mean, That's why they exist. You know. mm-hmm. I have a huge problem with wasting taxpayers' money in terms of taking the time that it takes in Senate to create a resolution to say, general. hey, that was mean. <laughs> Play, play nice. Dude, that was, man, that was me. <laughs> Bro. You know, I mean, uh, give me a break. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why are we Why are we funding that? That makes me crazy. Mm-hmm. But what do we do about that? You know? Well, I'm eating tater tots. <laughs> drinking beer. I'm drinking beer it. and I'm an armchair quarterbacking this damn thing. But, I mean, but honestly, I mean, as, as a city, <clears throat> what do we do? As a state, I mean, what what do we do about our elected? How did they vote? Do you know how they voted um, on the resolution to be polite in general, to General the Democratic uh, Oregon people? They never really seem to be on the wrong side of the issue. As if you're scoring by, you know, from a progressive move onish kind of <laughs> yeah. perspective. What does our friend at Blue Oregon say about that? Yeah. Have you seen? It's an interesting question. You don't really know. I don't know. All right. You know, Can I you put s- words in his mouth? Yeah, Gary <laughs> Chisholm says. Now, you know, it's funny. It's like, I don't know. I have been so... I don't really know what it is. It's not quite exhaustion or defeatist or cynical or anything like that, but it's just sort of like... But when you add them all up, it equals yeah, exhaustion and defeatism. Yeah, it's sort of intersection of those three things. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like, it's all just crap. You know, it's all just like... It's all a facade, it feels like right now. I mean, I'm really just sort of waiting for... The next president to come along, you know, all of this stuff is just going to be a big song and dance for the next year and a half. It is. It is. It is. What What were you just pointing at, Shane? You were the, pointing at a thing. The time. Yeah. And then what? Uh, online online, online chanting. Cheating. Cheating. Online cheating. Oh yeah. Because <laughs> are, are we done talking about moveon.org? I don't. I don't. Are wanna, we moving on? I don't want to be because this is so ridiculous. But I think giving it any more time is more than it merits. I feel like local news right now, to be honest with you, we're kind of reaching. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. And that's where we get our last story, uh, which is uh, the <laughs> do you like pina coladas and getting caught in the rain story, which I've lost. So 
so hold on. That has been, there's something about that song that has been coming up a lot lately. You know, speaking of pina coladas, and this really doesn't have anything to do with pina coladas, but I was driving on the way here, right? And do you ever trace your own train of thought? You know, have you ever done that? Where, like in how am I thinking about, yeah. Like, how am I going to be thinking in 10 minutes? No, no, like, how did I get to, how did I get to what I'm thinking about That'll be a conversation for future Kurt, yeah. You know, how did I get to thinking about what I'm thinking now? Oh, yeah. So I was doing that on the the drive over here today, and, you know, I was was tired and I was yawning in the car. I thought, wow, well, maybe a beer is really going to pick me up, you know, and... And maybe a couple beers will pick me up. Uh, great, you know, what am I going to try? Am I going to have a Nebraska on nitro or an ESB or an IPA? And this I is thought, what you, you know were what? thinking of? Yeah, this is my whole train of thought. And then I said, well, you know, it's kind of funny. Jamie Whitley every time gets an Arnold Palmer. Yeah. You know, every, I've never had an Arnold Palmer before. But it's just, what, lemonade and iced tea. Iced tea. I thought, you know, that must be his, like... Sign- drink of his choice. signature drink. His signature, signature drink. And then I thought, you know what? Every time I fly, and I'm I'm on the airplane, and the, the flight attendant asks me what I'd like to drink, every time I say ginger ale. On an airplane? On an airplane. I never drink ginger ale anywhere else. Why is that? That's what I was trying to figure out. And and, and on the way here, on you the were way here. You know, I, so that. I was thinking about why do I drink ginger ale, and then that, I restepped my train of thought. That's so you never actually fun. solved it? I didn't. No. It's like a joke with But no I was wondering line. if you guys have any of those things. Like You go to the movie theater well, every time a... you get hot tamales or something. Oh, no. You know? I, I, uh, go, I go to one movie theater uh, and I go because they have kettle corn popcorn. Mm. Have you had this? Kettle corn popcorn? Yeah. It's, it's, it's brilliant. There's really nothing quite yeah. like it. Uh, but I do that and uh, and I get the uh, get the Coke. Coke and the kettle corn. Uh but now you've got me down a little bit of a rat hole because I'm thinking about sweet foods. <laughs> I don't drink a lot of ginger ale. But I don't either. I don't drink it anywhere no. else except on the airplane. Hmm. I wonder, you wonder how that started. Yeah, you know. And I don't mix it with any cocktails. I don't buy a two-liter of it. There's know. one of those things, like I, I remember watching, a, a, I went to journalism school for my undergraduate, and I, I remember a, a, we, a, a Phil Donahue came to speak at one of our classes, you know, Phil Donahue. Phil Donahue. Remember Phil Donahue? Yeah. Who can was forget, he all who can forget Phil Donahue? Was he all blustery? Yes, he was extremely blustery. And, and his when glasses asked, down on his they nose? Were, they, he I wears his glasses down on his nose when he's trying to make a point. Now, I want you to picture that when I tell you the point he was trying to make. Uh, as a broadcaster, one of the early early tricks that he was, was taught was uh, that you don't want, when you're on camera, you don't ever want your shirt to look like it's coming untucked. So he puts his glasses down on his nose, and he says, the thing you got to remember is that on all my underpants, I tuck my undershirt into the underpants, and I have buttons sewn onto the outside of my underpants, and I button my shirts to my underpants. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's deep. That is so deep. Now, I, uh, I, I have to admit something to all of you. I don't have buttons on but my shirts. But you tuck your undershirt but I've that. your underpants. I've tried that. I've tried the undershirt and the underpants, and you know what? It works. Wow. It keeps from untucking. A little bit. The undershirt or the overshirt? When you, t- when you tuck the undershirt into the underpants, then you put the shirt on and the pants tuck the shirt into the pants. Have you ever tucked your overshirt into your underpants? No, you don't do that because then you get the sneaky peek of the, the, uh, uh, of the underpants above your, the belt line. And that's, there's a lot Mark of risk. Wahlberg, you do. You do. You wow, get that. interesting. Man. Yeah. I don't think about this stuff at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but... Your mind is a wealth of things that Shane and <laughs> that I will more never, <laughs> ever think about. I went, on a, I went on a date with two different colors socks because I dressed in the dark. <laughs> remind that, remind that me really to post happens. the statistics of your dating life for the last two years on the so, Beer30Live.com website. Now we're talking about dating. <laughs> we're running out of time is what right. we're doing. I think we're about to Shanghai Kurt, aren't we? No, we I think we'll leave Kurt out of this one. Okay. We need to save a whole episode for that. To talk to Kurt. Yeah. Oh, we'll, get, we'll disguise his voice and we'll, yeah, we'll give we'll it away now, though. In, in two weeks. In two we'll episodes, you're going to hear this. We'll bring, a female, <laughs> we'll bring a female on to talk about the same thing. We'll, call him, we'll, we'll call him Kurt Palpatine. <laughs> I, I think there's room for that. Now, there's Can I a, be named Mystery? Who was that guy? The online dating guy, Mystery? Yeah. I'll, be, I'll be a conundrum. <laughs> <laughs> mystery, that was another one. I, I, uh, I just caught that on Entertainment Tonight. 
Oh, that guy is yeah. awful. He's pretty bad. Yeah. This one's you. This one's yours, Pete. Which one was this that? This online cheating story. Oh, you know, it was. We just ran across this little story about this couple that got written up because they were having terrible times in their relationship, and and so they went to an online dating community independently, as uh, like Snookums and Sweetie Pie, and found each other in the chat room and chatted up each other, told each other about how much their relationship sucks and how they hate their spouse, and it turns out they were already married to each other. <laughs> oh wow! Uh, Something like that actually yeah, happened to me in my uh, yeah. I, uh, I, I uh, broke up with someone long term. Not now. We're saving it for a different show. <laughs> it was just real quick. A long, long-term relationship. Broke up with her. She, uh, um, well, I'm already giving it away. But I guess <laughs> since I already gave it away before that. Um, but she ended up putting a, an ad up on Craigslist, an anonymous ad. And it was just like, you know, hey, I'm looking for someone to go see music with. I'm wanting to go see some chamber music, classical concerts, and also some jazz and stuff like that. And it was all like completely up my alley. And I wrote back, and I'm like, oh, my God, I've just been looking for exactly the same thing. And, and that was so, her. And that was her. And then, but, you know, it wasn't like how it works out in the, you know, in the stories or in that Pina Colada song where it's like a happy ending. Yeah. It's more like I ran into her a couple of weeks later, and she said, oh, by the way, you responded to my ad. And then we were just both like, God, that sucks. <laughs> Damn it! Oh, that's yeah. the the ass end of cruel irony, is yeah. what that is. Yeah. Uh, well, well, this has been a completely uh, uh, another uh, completely based on not no fact uh, whatsoever <laughs> uh, fictional uh, edition of Beer Thirty Live. Thank you all for listening. Uh, if you want to find us, head to beer30live.com. You can write us at the show at beer30live.com. You can find Kurt at kurtsifford.com. You can typically find me at the end of a bar somewhere. <laughs> the end of a bar, sad, smoking. Yeah. On behalf of Mahmoud Abhijimanishimachad, I'd like to say thank you. Mahmoud. I'm not going to be able to pronounce that. I'm an Aminijad. I'm not going to be able to pronounce that. I'm not going to be able to pronounce that. This has been the Lamps of Beauty Live. We'll see you next week, everybody. All right.